Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Mark 7.25, but after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit, remember, there was the debate about what makes a person clean and unclean. Here is the mention of an unclean spirit. What makes a spirit unclean? The same thing that makes people unclean. Evil, sin. A third of the angels fell to what? To sin. They rebelled against God. So here's an unclean spirit, a demonic spirit. Immediately came, this is a woman whose daughter had the unclean spirit, immediately came and fell at his feet. So Jesus is located in this house. I don't know if the woman came into the house. Um, she may have, or is, if this is happening outside, but she falls at his feet. She's located him, she's heard of him. She's had a burden on her heart. I don't know how long it's been happening, but her daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. In Mark 9, when we get there, we'll read of a father who approaches Jesus about his son. The son is cruelly demon-possessed, and the demon causes the son to fall into fires and into water. Many uh, experts in this realm say that the goal of satanic um, possession and manipulation is to mar the image of God in an individual. How did a little daughter get an unclean spirit in her? We must ask the question. Probably because mom was dabbling with the religion of Tyre. And you know, we've heard these stories where seances and, and things are held within homes and all of a sudden there's weird things that begin to happen. I have a book on my shelf, if you're interested in these stories, that has several stories about people who dabbled, quote unquote, in this stuff. And I tell you what, it got frighteningly real. There are many people who think this is a joke, but it's no joke. And it seems like in these stories that we run into in the, the gospel time and time again, we see people with these unclean spirits. I hope you have, still have a place in Matthew. Matthew 15, look at verse 22. It says, behold, look, the camera pans to her. That's what this word means. Take a look, focus. Matthew 15, 22, behold, a Canaanite woman. So now she's identified with the uh, area of Canaan, which is the area that Israel eventually took over because those people were so fin sinful. A Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Help me, Lord. He, she cried out to him, oh Lord, help me. She asked for help. Matthew 15, 25, uh, skip up there, 15, 25. She came and began to bow down before him saying, have you ever been here before? Three simple words, Matthew 15, 25, Lord, Help me. Every day. Good answer. Lord, I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Help. Lord, help me. Do you know what's interesting about this story is that Jesus goes into this region and leaves and there is no record that he ministered to any other person except her. 
Nothing in both accounts. He goes, he delivers the daughter, and he leaves. And you have to be asking the question, knowing the heart of Jesus as we do. He had to go through Samaria to the Samaritan woman at the well. It was unthinkable that he would even address her or speak to her. Why does he do this? Because he hears crying hearts. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've gotten yourself involved in, and no matter what consequences have come your way because of it, three simple words, oh Lord, help me, is enough. And I believe that Jesus went to this region solely for this Gentile woman. That, my friends, is mind-blowing. Sometimes we think, oh, if one person, only one person responded to the gospel at some event, well, shoot, that's a disappointment, is it? God's willing, you know, when one person comes to repentance, the Bible says the angels, what? Rejoice in heaven. How about us? How about us when one person turns to the Lord? And she cried out. She bowed down, Mark 7, 25. She came, she fell at his feet. She bowed down, Matthew 15, 25. These are words of worship. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. The word, the idea of bowing down is an act of humility. She did what the religious leaders would not do. They encircled him and accused him. She bowed down. They wouldn't say, Lord, help me. They wouldn't admit they needed help. She would. Let me ask you, which person ended up being helped and which person ended up being rejected in the end? You see, the whole point of this passage and where it falls in our Bible is you think you know who's clean and unclean before God, you've got it wrong. Don't judge a book by its cover. All these biases that had streamed into the thinking of Israel because of the traditions of the elders had messed so many people up. And here's Christ's power to heal. Mark 7, 26, now the woman was a Gentile. Some versions may say she was a Greek. That just simply means she was a non-Jew of the Syrophoenician race. So that's just a combination of Phoenicia, which is the Tyre and Sidon area, with Syria. It was the Syrian province of Rome. Rome, when Rome captured areas, they called it provinces. And so this area of Phoenicia with Tyre and Sidon was simply known as the Syrian province. So she's a Syrophoenician woman. She's of that race. And she kept asking to cast the demon out of her daughter. She kept asking, Lord, please deliver my daughter. She's cruelly demon-possessed. Lord, please deliver my daughter. I don't know how many times she said it, but she kept asking, she kept asking, she kept asking. She was pure Gentile. She may have spoken Greek. I don't know what the uh, disciples were thinking, but they had to be thinking, man, we don't even want to be near this woman. Why is she here? In Matthew 15, 23, if you want to peek back there, I want you to see the response of the very spiritual disciples. Matthew 15, 23 says, but he did not answer her a word, and his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, send her away, she's shouting out after us. Translation, Lord, get rid of her. Lord, would you please cast the demon out of my child? Lord, get rid of her. 
Both are in the, they kept doing it. So it began, began to be a concert. It began to be these two debating voices. Can you imagine just a day in the life of Jesus? It's a wonder that he stayed the way he did. Lord, get rid of her. Lord, cast out the demon of my child. Lord, get rid of her. She keeps shouting after us. Lord, cast out the demon out of my child. Back and forth, up and down. I might have just wiped out the whole region if I was God right there. <laughs> Sick of you people. Would you have been annoyed? <laughs> Send her away. We don't want her here. Maybe they were, if we give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they were thinking, Lord, just, just say the word so she'll go away. There are some scholars that believe that they're eating a meal when she comes, if she entered into the house. Maybe they're in the middle of a meal. They're like, can we... Didn't, we came here to get away from it all. Can, is there anywhere you can go where people don't know who you are? In Mark 3, I think it's verse 8, you may be wondering, well, how did people hear about Jesus in this region? Well, people, people had come from Tyre and Sidon and met him in Israel. It wasn't that far away. And so his fame had spread. And Jesus was silent to her cries. She kept begging, she kept asking, she kept inquiring after him, and notice what happens. She was of the Syrophoenician race, and uh, Matthew's account says he didn't answer anything. He was silent. Was the silence indifference? Did he just ignore her? Was he being cold to her? I don't think so. I think Jesus was trying to bring out faith, but I think it was more than just about her faith, it was about the disciples that were watching, and it's about us right now. What does it take for us to give up in prayer? What do we, what do we perceive about other people? Who's, who's really worthy of our time? Who do we think should become a Christian and those people, well, it doesn't matter much to us. Are we willing to go to a woman like this and hear her cries? And she kept crying out. In Matthew 15, 24, Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But was he? I think that was his primary mission. I think Romans 1, 16 makes it clear for the Jew first and also then what? For the Gentile Jesus was sent primarily to the lost sheep of Israel, but listen to those words. He is concerned about who? Lost sheep. We're gonna come to the end of this message, and when we look at this message, we're gonna see that there's a mention of the little dogs and the little puppies, and some people might be thinking, how dare we be compared to dogs? Puppies. Have you ever had a moment where it doesn't seem like a bad deal to be a dog? Amen? Small brain, maybe? Don't worry about much. Lay around. Bark. <laughs> but isn't that a whole mystery about what they're doing when they bark? There's a comedian. <laughs> he said, I don't get the whole dog barking thing. It'd be interesting to get interpretation of it. 
But he said, could you imagine if you moved into a new neighborhood and you went out on your porch and you just started yelling about two in the morning, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Wouldn't take long until a shotgun was probably heard <laughs> in the distance. Do you want to be able to defend your faith, what you believe in, why you believe it? We've tackled subjects like Jehovah's Witnesses, the origins of Christmas. In honor of the 500th year of the Reformation, we did two-part message on sola scriptura. Is the Bible alone sufficient? Is it our highest authority? Scientology, intriguing topics that are available on the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. There'll be more to come, more exciting things to come. And he was saying to her, verse 27, Mark 7, let the children be satisfied. Many commentators believe the children here is either the apostles, perhaps at a meal table, or the children is often a description of Israel. And he says, notice Jesus responds to her now after some time of silence. Let the children be satisfied. What's your Bible say? First, or let them have NIV all they want. This is not a hopeless situation, but he says there's an order here. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Hmm. He answered and said, Matthew 15, 26, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the puppies or the dogs. R. Kent Hughes comments. He says, there's no way we can hear the tone and cadence of Jesus' voice or see the sparkle in his eyes or his playful smile. But I believe it was all there. And this Gentile woman, she knew Jewish thinking. She knew that many of the Jewish people considered Gentiles dogs. But when they thought of dogs, they were thinking of the scavenger dogs. Back in the day, a lot of dogs were not domesticated. So they ran in packs and they fed on garbage and they were a menace to society. Some people had domesticated dogs, but it wasn't always the case. When Jesus used the word for dogs here, it's kunarion in Greek. It's the word for not the scavenger dog, but for a little pet dog, a little puppy dog, if you will, under the table, just waiting for some crumbs. This was not an insult to the woman. In fact, Jesus is making a point about the gospel going to the Gentiles. And Peter, who is there at this meal is the man who is going to have to break through that threshold. You see, when Jesus was doing stuff, you guys, he was doing it on many levels for many different reasons. He was teaching Peter something. He was teaching the apostles something, and it would be Peter in Acts 15 at the council at Jerusalem who stands up when it's being debated whether Gentiles need to keep the food laws and be circumcised, and Peter says, look, God made a choice among us. You read Acts 15 later, that through my mouth the Gentiles might be saved, and Peter says, look, they were saved by grace in the same way that we are. Why do you wanna put on their back or their neck things that we couldn't even do? As Jews, it is part of Peter's faith shaping that these things are happening. You see, Jesus had these guys in school three, three and a half years of the best seminary you could ever imagine. People say they were untaught. I think not. They had the best teacher that ever existed or will ever exist. 
And Jesus is doing this to show the heart of God for the Jew and for the Gentiles. Matthew 12, 21 says, in his name, the Gentiles will hope. And if you're not a Jew here this morning, you're a Gentile. And the gospel has come to us by God's grace. And so Jesus gives these words. It might seem a little harsh. He says, let the children be satisfied first, key word, where it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. He's saying, Lord, I understand what you're saying, but I'll take the crumbs. And when she said that, and you start thinking about the position of the story, the feeding of the 5,000, the picking up of the 12 full baskets, the bread of life, Jesus Christ, and you begin to meet a person who says, Lord, I'll be satisfied with just crumbs. What if you and I took that posture with God? We often come to God and we say, Lord, here's my calendar today just to update you on current events. <laughs> here's where I'll be going today. I may take a few moments to pray or read my Bible, perhaps if someone sends me one of those devotional verses. But... uh if you can get with the program, what? You see, this woman is saying, Lord, I'll take crumbs. I'll take a doggy bag. I'll take your doggy bag. Just give me the crumbs. If you were a disciple in the middle of a bite, what would you think? Send her away. Send her away. Just give me the. Have you ever had one of those moments where someone just humbled you? <laughs> put you in your place. Here you are barking orders, pun intended, barking orders. She's annoying us, get her out of here. It's almost as if she positions herself into the table and says, if anything falls, I'll take it. Wow. See, I think the woman understood this was a test, a test of faith, and her answer is priceless. Listen to Spurgeon. He says, quote, our Lord has a very quick eye for spying faith. The Lord Jesus was charmed with the fair jewel of this woman's faith, and watching it and delighting in it, he resolved to turn it around and set it in other lights, that the various facets of the, this priceless diamond might each one flash its brilliance and delight his soul. She said, Matthew 15, 27, yes, but the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Is she, calling is she calling the Lord her master? She called him Lord. She called him master. I think she's saying, Lord, I'll take the crumbs that fall from the table. If they don't want it, I'll take it. She was basically saying, Lord, I recognize the fact that I am just a poor outcast Gentile, but give me some of the crumbs of the children of the kingdom, the ones they are refusing. Allow me to take the place of the puppy under the table and so obtain mercy at thy hand from H.A. Ironside. Her response was exactly what Jesus was looking for, and it's what he wants out of us. Isaiah 57:15. write this down, says, Thus says the Holy One, 
the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, Isaiah 57, 15. I dwell in a high and holy place and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. In Matthew 15, 28, Jesus responds and says, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done to you as you wish. In Mark 7, 29, it says, he said to her, because of this answer, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. He didn't even have to be there. He didn't even have to touch her. Just say the word. Do you remember the centurion who came to him earlier? And he said, I haven't seen such great faith in Israel. He says, I'm a man of authority and people do what I say and, and I don't want you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And at that very hour, the servant was healed. And at that very hour, I am sure the girl was delivered. Can you imagine what a mess she was? Can you imagine the nightmares and the, the challenges that this mom went through as she cried day and night for some sort of solution and she went home to a daughter delivered by the power of Jesus Christ? How many times do you think that story was retold in that household? How many people do you think were transformed by the witness in Tyre and Sidon by this single uh, Gentile woman who had the Lord show up and meet her in her greatest time of need. Oh, woman, your faith is great. The demon has gone out of your daughter, and going back home, Mark 7, verse 30, going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having departed. How does darkness flee in our lives? Faith and humility. I'm gonna say that one more time. If you want darkness to flee from your life, it takes two things, faith and humility. Humble yourself under his mighty hand and he will exalt you at the proper time. I close with these words. You see, this woman's faith is what the disciples should be and what ours should be. Lord, if you say I'm a little dog, I'm good with it. Just as long as I have a master like you. Amen? One thing I've noticed about my dog is that she will always eagerly and patiently wait for the crumbs. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And I have noticed that she freezes in certain positions. <laughs> have you noticed this with dogs? Their focus is absolutely amazing. If I'm cutting something or there's a piece of meat there, she just, <laughs> and she will not move. And it's almost like this. You get the tail wagging, if I could put words in my dog's mouth, it's something like this. I know something good is coming. I know something good's coming. I know he's soft. I know I've won him over. I know it's coming. Yeah. But it doesn't just end there. Because you know what happens? It's not just one thing. I know something's good is coming. <laughs> is that in your vocabulary? How many of you woke up this morning and said, I know something good's coming. <laughs> now you're disappointed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what if you woke up tomorrow like that? What if you said, I have a master. The same Jesus that did this for this woman is my Lord. What if you woke up 
on Tuesday like that and Wednesday like that. And instead of seeing God as someone who's ready to club you over the head, you saw God as the one who is actually for you and not against you. He loved you so much, he gave his son. So the attitude, oh boy, I know something good is about to drop from the master's table. Just give me the crumbs is a cool image, but you know what? That's not what God has done. He hasn't just given us the crumbs. He's made us co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And the Bible teaches that everything that Christ has, we're gonna share in one day. In fact, the Bible even says we're gonna sit on his throne. He'll, maybe we'll each get a turn. I don't know what that's gonna be like. Everything that he has is yours if you are in Christ. It's not just the crumbs. We have the bread of life, amen? So be a good cheer, saints. No matter what's coming at you, he loves you. Hey, this is Pastor Michael. I wanna tell you about a new book that has just come out that I've written. It's called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, A Revealing Look at God's Armor. What this book is really about, it's written in a devotional style and it's written to help you, the believer, to put on the full armor of God. One of the things that the armor of God speaks of is protection. And God has provided you armor to protect you against the typical ways that the enemy attacks. You have a belt of truth because the enemy is a liar. Each piece of armor is custom made to help you in the typical ways that the enemy attacks. Each piece of armor reflects God himself. He's the God of truth. He's righteous. He's the God of peace. All the pieces of the armor point to him and they point to his provision to you, the believer, because he loves you. The reason God wants to protect you is because he's your father. He knows about the spiritual battle, he knows about the enemy, and he knows how you can be best protected and stand strong against temptation. Suit up, putting on the full armor of God. It's now available on Amazon. I wanna get this book in your hands because I believe it's gonna help you as a Christian to walk in strength to know how to put on the armor daily, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, and to experience more victory in your Christian life. Right now, you can get it on Amazon. It's Suit Up by Pastor Michael Lance. I would urge you to get the book today. If you want to give a donation directly, send us an email and we'll get the book into your hands as our gift to you for a donation to the radio ministry. Hey folks, when you're doing radio, you know, it's a little hard to tell sometimes who's listening. And we would really like to know if the program's been a blessing to you and has impacted your life. And here's how you can get word to us. Go to walkintruth.com and in the contact form, let us know that you're listening. Let us know who you are, what station you listen on, how the program's impacted your life, and even how we can pray for you. That'd be a great blessing to us. And if there's something that you want to put there that we can use to encourage other radio listeners to say, hey, Pastor Michael, this is how the program's impacted me, and you are welcome to use this to uh, encourage other radio listeners. So that'd be a blessing to us. Go to walkintruth.com in the contact form. Just let us know who you are. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. Pray for us. Tell a friend about what you're hearing on this broadcast, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message in its entirety, or if you'd like to visit our church here in Corona, California, visit our website, walkintruth.com.